This podcast is made possible by Mississippi Land Bank. They understand the lay of the land in North Mississippi. Visit them online at mslandbank.com. It's time for the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. now. Online at thezone1059.com and on your radio at ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Turn your mic on, Matt. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. Welcome in on a Monday. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Yes, sir. Available to you in all 82 counties. Your hometown heroes. That's your local Farm Bureau insurance agent. I get to stay connected to you around the clock, not just when we're on the air, but around the clock 24-7 because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. I know they don't do it much anymore, but the Braves have won five in a row. Did y'all know that? Come on with that. The Braves have won five in a row. That's enough of that. Let's start the show off right. Five seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to the Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Okay, that's the real deal. A little little Jack, a little Jerry, and now we're ready to go. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in here on this Monday. Uh, First, comments on the Periscope live feed, Periscope Twitter. I'm Radio Wyatt. Y'all look me up over there if you want to watch. And tune in live. That's one way to do it. Brom, first comment, says, good afternoon. Well, good afternoon to you, too. Yeah, it's two minutes afternoon, isn't it? Derek, the first comment on Facebook. What's up, Derek? And at the start of the show, I'm glad you're here. Danny says, hail state on this Monday from Ringgold, Georgia. So thanks for tuning in. Yeah, if y'all want to watch live streaming the show, check it out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. It's also streaming live on YouTube, youtube.com slash Matt Wyatt Media, just, you know, search it. And, of course, as I said on Twitter, you can get the uh, Periscope link there on Twitter, at Radio Wyatt. I'm going to get your phone calls. Uh, JB, a good Monday to you. How was your weekend? Man, we had a fantastic weekend, brother. It's great. Good time with my daughter and uh, her husband, my wonderful son-in-law, my grandson, and found out that number two is on Oh, that's great. Found that out this weekend, huh? Absolutely. Very, very excited, Matt. I'll tell you. Ain't nothing like being a grandfather. That's what they say. They call me Big Poppy. Oh, (laughs) is that your granddad name, Big Poppy? That's my granddad. He didn't call me Big, but he says Poppy. That's great. Big Poppy. That's great. Well, congratulations, man. Thank you so much, bud. Yeah. Good to be here on a Monday. Yeah, same for me. Good to be here as well. Uh, y'all call me, uh, JB, you'll just have to text me. We get a phone call. It's like last week. That'll be fine. And, um, it's one of those deals like where the, the deal on the call screen for me anyway, how it, every now and then it resets the password and I never know how to do it. So somebody's gonna have to do that for me. I'll just email the guy later. So if we get a call, just text me and I'll, I'll try to see it on my phone here from C Spire. 
you can call me on the uh, aforementioned uh, phone line, Divinity Equipment phone line. The number is 995-1059. That is a 601 number, 995-601-995-1059. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson. Hey, I told you all this last week. It still goes for here, uh, today on Monday. Divinity Equipment is hiring. They are looking for you. Remember that Uncle Sam poster you used to see all the time where Uncle Sam's like pointing at you? They're looking for you. That's right, at uh, Divinity. They need a diesel technician uh, in the shop. That's kind of the main need right now. Uh, they need an assembly technician in the shop, a service writer there in the shop as well. They need a sales associate on the floor. Right? So you're talking about ag sales, turf, construction. And there's two locations, obviously, uh, Madison and in Jackson, Highway 51 in Madison, Spring Ridge Road, Jackson, Raymond. Y'all can uh, call them at 859-0020 or 859-0020. But just find the contact at DaviniEquipment.com if that applies to you. I know there's lots of folks out there looking for a job right now. So um, so hit them up. Davini is looking to hire you. Again, y'all call me on the Davini phone. Here's the number to call me, 995-1059. And text me on the Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausage. I didn't have it for breakfast. I had it for lunch. That's a true story. Slice it up long ways, fried it in a pan, put it on a piece of bread, ate it for lunch. <laughs> sure did. Country pleasing sausage. Text line is 885-ESPN. That is a 601 number. 885-ESPN. What is this thing, JB, before I get into uh, the news of today, what is this thing that Fletch brought to you in the studio? Yeah, well, he uh, he texted me on the way and said, what time you get there? And I told him, and he met me in the parking lot, and he Gave me this bag. It's B.B. King Museum. So I, I automatically got excited. Yeah. And he goes, well, it's not anything from the B.B. King Museum. But I, I figure, and he, he mentioned the school that I graduated from, which he did not graduate from said school. Okay. And uh, he said, I thought you might like this around uh, the studio just to kind of, you know, spruce some things up for you. And uh, it's it's a banana bookend. <laughs> it's bookend. I'm, I'm not really sure what to do with that. It looks ceramic. Well, it's it's not ceramic. It's uh, more like plasteramic. Plasteramic. Okay, so it's plastic. But it, yeah. it's a banana yeah. where you put it on each end of the books, rows of books on your shelf, so it looks like a giant banana holding the books together. So the bookends exactly. is two ends of a banana. Yeah. And, and I, I'm assuming he thought we had books in the studio. <laughs> well, he told, yeah, right. What would we have books for? What are we going to do? Read them on the air? We got records, <laughs> I'm sure, stacked away somewhere. Yeah. Um, but it's a nice gift, but I'm just not sure what to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it probably harkens back to Mississippi State baseball's magical run a few years ago into the College World Series where Jordan Westberg, who was a freshman at the time, made it famous, the Rally Banana. I think you're exactly right. You know, we had the Rally Banana T-shirts, which I still have some of those, by the way. They still fit, yeah. the Rally Banana. Yeah. I'm sure that's what you're it was. You're pretty well, smart. I, I thought I was going to get over on you with that one but, uh, <laughs> you, you you're thinking pretty quickly on monday yeah i'm smarter than the average bear <laughs> there's a lot of double entendre and all that but <laughs> Ole Miss didn't have the bear anymore um hey listen uh yeah y'all text me on the country please and text line 885 espn now let me give you a heads up several things to get to today including um we're going to do three teams on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days but I'm not adjusting the countdown until September the 5th. 
because I don't know if you know this or not, but we got a quote today from a sitting athletics director out there that today gave a quote and said, we're planning on playing football September the 5th. Now, you may have missed it. You may not be aware. I'll tell you who, what, when, and where. So for now, I think we still may be playing football on September 5th. We'll see. The countdown will continue, and we'll extend it into September up to the SEC season and just have fun with it. We can do it whatever we want. But in terms of rearranging the teams at this moment, uh, until everybody shuts down football and they say there's no college football happening on September 5th, until then we'll keep the countdown the way it is. So today you got three teams. Today's team at 33, yesterday's team at 34, Saturday's team at 35. So three teams on the countdown today. Looking forward to that. Countdown Every Day brought to you by Matt Anderson with National Land Realty. Also, Pac-12 athletes have gotten together, a handful of them, and said, we have a list of demands. And, and we're not just talking about, you know, playing a conference-only season, which they're going to do in the Pac-12. So we'll go over what those details are. Now, that news is not fresh as of today or yesterday. It's a couple days ago. You've probably had time to consume, you know, some information about it. I got a few thoughts on it, and I want to get your thoughts on it uh, as well. So y'all text me or call me. I want to mention something first before I get into um, the possibility. Well, the lack of a possibility of the Egg Bowl matchup moving around from the end of the season, moving elsewhere. You know, we're told that's not going to happen. I got a few thoughts on that, but I want to address this first. A guy who actually played a big role in an Egg Bowl game, and I think it might have actually been, we'll go back and look it up. Was it 2012 or was it 10? Anyway, one of those early Dan Mullen Egg Bowls, a backup center had to play named DJ Looney. And DJ had a really good ball game. He was a good player. And then went into coaching. And everybody kind of in the coaching community, even though he was really young and, and he was new, relatively new in the coaching industry because of his youth. Everybody knew DJ. And DJ passed away of a heart attack on Saturday. That was the report. They were doing a team workout at the University of Louisiana. He was a raging Cajun. He coached there last year when they played against his alma mater, Mississippi State. I knew DJ pretty well. Uh, we communicated a lot over the last two, three years. Just periodically, you know, I would say um, on average, you know, uh, once a month, once every couple of months, he would direct message me on Twitter. I'd DM him, and then we started texting, and he'd talk about this coaching staff and that coaching staff or this player and that player, this game, that game. And he watched and listened to a lot of my content, football stuff, and sometimes he'd give me feedback. Every now and then he'd tell me I was wrong, and Every now and then he'd tell me I nailed it. I got to know him that way. So I was, I was a good bit older than him. But I knew him because I knew him as a player. And then got to know him a little bit when he was on the coaching staff at Mississippi State, coaching tight ends before he went on. You know, he spent some time at Georgia uh, on their staff and then was recently coaching uh, the offensive line at uh, ULL and had a heart attack. And he was only 31 years old. So really just tragic. He grew up in Birmingham. And then, as I mentioned, played at Mississippi State. It couldn't have been uh, 2012 when he played because he it says he began his uh, coaching career as a GA in 11. So it would have been those, one of those early uh, Egg Bowls, 09 or 10 under Dan Mullen, when he stepped in and played for a guy who was injured and played really well 
late in the year. But just a tragic thing. Lost a friend. I didn't get to know him as well as I would have liked to because, you know, coaches, they really do move around. But one thing about DJ is he kind of knew everybody. And so I hope uh, you will keep DJ Looney's family, friends, and certainly like, you know, those young players at ULL who probably would have witnessed all of that on Saturday. Keep them all in your prayers, would you? I know I will. And uh, all the best out to DJ. Peanut Butter Falcon on the uh, Country Pleasing text line says, DJ and I went to Mississippi State the same year. I was just a normal student. He He befriended guys like me. Didn't just hang out with the athletes. One of the kindest, most genuine people I've ever known. And it really is true. Um, he, he, had, he was one of those that, you know, you hear people say, well, so-and-so never met a stranger. Well, DJ never met a stranger. <laughs> no such thing as stranger to uh, DJ Looney. He was an impressive kid. And I think that's um, uh, certainly the sad thing about that. We're all going to miss him. People just love having him around, you know, so gone too soon. 31 years old. All right, hit the reset button here. I got something I want to get into with you. Now, yes, the Pac-12 stuff came out over the weekend, the list of demands. We're going to get into that. This is Pac-12 related on a nugget that I heard, and it may, and it sparked a thought about the Egg Bowl. Okay. Over the weekend, uh, I guess it was Steve Robertson. Uh, might have tweeted out something uh, and maybe someone had asked him to look into this or what, or maybe he just heard it through the grapevine. But apparently he asked a, an official at Mississippi State about the idea that the Egg Bowl might move to earlier in the year, this year, with this adjusted schedule, conference-only schedule. Move it off the last weekend, maybe move it up, maybe put it in the first weekend, stuff like that. You know, we won't. We'll get to the reasons why you would even consider that. But he asked him, and and the um, off-the-record comment that, you know, or unnamed source said, that's not happening. Okay, the Egg Bowl not going to move to a different time of the year. That's not happening, being the quote there. So I started thinking about that. You know, why, why not? Okay, it makes sense. I get it. But we talked about it here on Friday that if you – were to just consider, take your most important games, that can be rivalry games, it could be big-time TV matchups, that kind of thing. If you are reshuffling the whole schedule in the SEC with this new 10-game schedule, if you put them earlier in the year, wouldn't it, number one, give you a better chance that the game would be played? Early, because it's early, before some potential outbreak could happen. And number two, wouldn't it then give you a chance if it's scheduled early in the year and an early breakout does happen or during preseason camp and you have to make early adjustments to shuffle games around, it gives you more options for where could you move it to make sure the game gets played. Doesn't that make sense? And if you're a state or an Ole Miss fan, when you glance at the possibilities on your schedule, Ole Miss, you're going to play LSU, Alabama, Auburn, don't you want to play the Egg Bowl? Don't you want to play Mississippi State? If you're Mississippi State, you're going to play all these other games. They're all interesting to you, right? You know, State playing against, um, like I said, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, these other teams. Yeah. But but doesn't the Egg Bowl interest you the most? Be honest. Doesn't it interest you the most playing that one, playing the Egg Bowl? 
So the answer was, they're not going to do it. Well, look at the, what the Pac-12 did. And maybe this is where that idea came from. When the Pac-12 did this reshuffling of their schedule, look at what they did. Pac-12 goes, we're going to do conference only. Does that sound familiar? SEC. Yeah, it does sound familiar. So Pac-12 is going to do conference only, just like the SEC. Pac-12 goes, we're going to start our conference only schedule on September 26th. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, same thing the SEC is doing. And look at what the Pac-12 did. They have USC at UCLA in week one. They have Stanford at Washington in week one. Now, there are some other games in that week one Pac-12 schedule. I don't know if you classify them as rivalry games. It doesn't look like it. You know, Cal at Oregon State, Colorado at Oregon, Utah at Washington State. But they also have Arizona State at Arizona scheduled for the first week of the year, September 26th. So three, three huge rivalry games in week one of the Pac-12 schedule. So what does it do for them? Number one, it gives them a better chance that the game is actually played because they put it in week one. If teams can just get out of preseason camp without some big outbreak, they'll play those games. But even if there is some sort of outbreak preseason, something happens and stuff has to get pushed back or delayed, if you've got it scheduled early, there's a better chance of finding a place to put it. Better chance it gets played. That's the way I see it. Okay? Now, sometimes when I bring up stuff like this and I start going, look, State and Ole Miss, if the SEC would do it, ought to look at taking this Egg Bowl and move it up on this adjusted schedule instead of playing it at the end of the year. It gives you a better chance of getting it played. Here's a third factor. Late in the year, November, is there not a better chance of flu and coronavirus coming back up and getting even worse at that time of year as it is early in the year? I think so. I think that's a third factor. So we've got sources out here who've said, that's not happening, slam the door on that idea. Yet, I, you know, if I'm looking at it just logically, it makes sense to possibly move it up if it's important, if it's a ratings type of game, if it's an important game to those schools, a big game within the conference schedule, the rivalry games. What are the May biggest... I jump in and ask you a question? Yeah, hit me up. So here's what I'm thinking. I can appreciate everything you're saying, and I understand the point that you're taking. It's almost like NASCAR with the Daytona 500, the very first you know, run right. of the year. Mm -hmm. My question is, let's say the prognostication happens and there is an outbreak, and let's see after the fourth game everything gets canceled. So will there even be a season then? So will those games that you play early even matter? Yeah. Unless there is a completion of the season. A completion? Yeah, sure. It makes sense. Well, okay. And I actually was out early exercising in my neighborhood and stuff early this morning, and I was listening to Bo Bounds and the Out of Bounds show here on 105.9 The Zone in my headphones as I went around, and I missed this. But somebody texts us on the Country Pleasing text line and says that uh, John Cohen said this morning on Bo's show that it would be the last game of the year, De December 5th. 
And I get that. Okay, so it's going to be December 5th, the weekend before they'd have a scheduled SEC title game. And 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 I get it. You want it to be last, you know, all those kinds of things. And maybe the other rivalry games are going to remain at the end of the year. Alabama-Auburn. Maybe it remains at the end of the year. You know, you got Alabama-Auburn, you got Mississippi State-Ole Miss. Anybody else in the SEC have an in-state rivalry that compares to that? Anybody else in the SEC have an in-state rivalry game where the television ratings in that state compare to that? The Egg Bowl is the biggest TV rating every year here with State and Ole Miss in this state. Okay, so he says it's going to stay at the end of the year. Well, that's the decision. Well, I'm going to ask a question here as the music is about to begin, and I want your thoughts on this. I have all kinds of crazy thoughts during all this stuff. Maybe this one is crazy. Maybe it's not. With the way that the SEC over the last several years, because of the extracurricular activity in the Egg Bowl, pushing, shoving, it wasn't a brawl, but all that negative look, and the SEC has looked down their nose at the rivalry and pulled in the athletics directors, had a, gave them a good talking to, and it's kind of talked down to the rivalry. Would the SEC be fine with leaving it at the end of the year knowing it might give it less of a chance of actually happening? Now you're tapping into my conspiracy theorist side. <laughs> hey, but makes you think, doesn't it? Okay. Makes me think, too. Just a thought. Let me get your thoughts on that. I'll get to your text. TR and Tip and everybody coming up next on the Country Pleasing Text Line. Y'all stick around. All right. We're really just getting started with you here on this Monday. Thanks for uh, tuning in. However you're watching, listening, tuning in, whatever the case may be, good Monday to y'all. Hope your week's off to a good start. Ours is because of you. Folks like uh, Anna watching and listening on Facebook, she said good points. Yeah, I, I hope those were good points. At least it make us think. Now, I get the reality of, of all of it is, they're not doing anything with the Egg Bowl. It's going to stay on the last weekend. It's scheduled to happen December 5th. That's the only game on the Mississippi State schedule right now that – and the Ole Miss schedule right now that we know. The rest of them are up in the air. I also I, – I don't know if we're going to get that schedule. You know, I told you on Friday I thought it would either come late Friday afternoon at the earliest or sometime Monday. I don't know that we're going to get it here on Monday. I mean, if we do, I think it may be later today if they release what the schedule is actually going to be for the SEC. But hopefully by the end of the day, maybe it'll be like last week and that scheduling news will come down during the drive with Jake Wimberly and Beaver here on 105.9 in the zone. And we'll be doing work around the house listening. So, you know, we get breaking news on the drive. Maybe it'll be like that, like it was last week. Uh, Paul on Facebook said, excuse me, let's see, Pat Hughes mentioned Pitt, pirate player last week that resides in Tupelo. Who did he play at State? Paul, I'm, I'm not sure what that 
question is, I need a little more info there on what you're asking on Facebook. Uh, you know, just let me know. In regards to the schedule, Jason on Facebook said, I think the issues is that all of the other schools lost their big in-state rivals. Well, they did. I mean, Georgia loses Georgia Tech. Florida loses Florida State. Louisville loses Kentucky. And South Carolina loses Clemson. Right, so you're not going to have those games happening on the final weekend. So in order to have any, if the season plays out and you get 10 weeks into it, I guess in order to have a sense of normalcy on that last weekend of a rivalry weekend, you've got to play the Egg Bowl and the Iron Bowls on that weekend, right? Because you don't have these others. But throughout the year, you have these other quasi-rivalries. You know, you've got the cocktail party, Georgia, Florida. you got some of this other stuff. you got Ole Miss, LSU, some of that, that kind of thing. TR from Braxton on the Country Pleasing text line says, good point because – there are no guarantees. It might be the best chance for a win for both teams, considering they are in the SEC West. Yeah, for playing each other. I mean, it's going to be tough, but the thing about it is, TR, how in the world is anybody supposed to predict wins and losses? I mean, really? You don't know which coaches are going to be good in this abbreviated, adjusted, weird scenario, and which aren't. It's not normal for any of them. It's not normal for any of the players. We don't know which players are going to be healthy and which ones aren't. We don't know which ones are going to be sick. We don't know how many games each team is going to play. You know, it's all this kind of stuff. We don't know if injuries are going to be worse or better. You know, we'll know all that stuff afterwards. It's so hard to predict wins and losses, how it's going to go. The, the way, as hard as it is normally, it's even more difficult and more of a crapshoot now. Tip on the country, please, and text sign, 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Tip says, if State and Ole Miss play on December the 5th, that's the high school state championships. Is it really? It'll be that weekend? The champion. Where are the championships supposed to be played this year? They haven't. Uh, they haven't fully released that schedule. I was looking at that over the weekend. They were tentatively scheduled for that that particular weekend. Yeah, I mean it's always that first weekend in December because it always seems right, to line up with the SEC championship game every year. Right, and with everything being pushed back. Yeah. So there, it's just still kind of up in the air, just kind of like what you're talking about with the the SEC schedule. Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Uh, games will be postponed. Some will be canceled. You know, there will be a lot of games where not the whole team is going to be playing. I mean, we're just going to be seeing all kinds of stuff like that. Um, there are people right now in the athletics world who, if you look them in the eye and ask them, hey, even though we're here and we got a schedule or, or we're getting a schedule, it's going to be 10 games. On, you think we're going to play football? And there are people in the athletics world who, off the record, will say, I don't see how it's possible. And then others who will go, oh, yeah, got no choice. Got to play. <laughs> Have to. Um, Ron texts the show. He's from Huntsville, Huntsville, Alabama, the Rocket City. Says the SEC should get rid of divisions and keep rivalry games. He says Power Five champs and independent 
best record advance to the playoffs. One location, give playoff games bowl sponsoring. Yeah. You know, so like you're saying migrate what are now called bowl games and they're just a part of some expanded playoff. And that's what people want to do. That's really what people want. Um, and there's so much to get into in that regard too. this whole thing that we're seeing right now where the power five schools even let it slip out there over the weekend that, Hey, if the NCAA doesn't capiche with us and we get into this football season, we may just have our own championship. Well, Hey, that's just one indication of how close we really are to this break apart of the power five going off on their own and everybody else having to figure it out on their own games. Sure. Could still be scheduled. It's like right now you still have power five teams scheduling FCS teams. I mean, we still schedule them. You can still play if you want to. It's just, it would give a clear dividing line where there needs to be one. And there isn't one right now. And it's a, it's a different rant for another day, but this is where I stand on it. And I'm not moving off of this because it's the truth. It's the flat truth. <clears throat> the NCAA model as it is right now with 120 plus, you know, division one playing football, playing schools, we have the power five and the group of five within that division one. So you, the, the big umbrella is division one, right? FBS, right? The FBS, but under FBS, you've got power five, and group of five, or power five and non-power five. And right now, under the current umbrella, they're all the same. There's one championship for all of them. One in FBS. There's one FBS championship. That means that Fresno State is playing for and chasing the same national championship that Penn State is. Okay. That means that the NCAA, as goofy as it sounds, says that Michigan, the University of Michigan, okay, is at the same level chasing the same championship as the University of South Alabama. It's just stupid. It's you know, I hate to throw God's name around, but as one person said one time, sitting next to me at a ball game, that's God awful. Well, whatever for whatever that means, that's a term that people have used before. It's awful. It's horrible for for, for them to have passed that off as long as they have. It's somewhat oxymoronic too, because you think God cannot be anything but good. It's not in, yeah, in God's they say? capacity, right? And then you got awful. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like jumbo shrimp, just magnified to the 10th <laughs> power. Jumbo shrimp. <clears throat> That's right. Well, I agree. Okay. But, you know, for them, if you go to a school in the Sun Belt, you do not have a national championship to play for. Period. There isn't one. Everybody else has one, except the group of five. You go... Well, Matt, it's their fault for trying to get into Division One. They should have stayed in Division Two. What do you mean it's their fault? It's real simple. Just draw a clear dividing line, and the Power Five schools that have the resources and the fan bases, they chase a, cha a, a title, 
that is at their level. And the group of five schools, they chase a championship at their level. It's that simple. Division three has a playoff and a championship. Division two, playoff and championship. One double A or FCS, a whole playoff and championship. And then skip ahead to the SEC, the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the Big 10. They have a championship. And frankly, most of those teams can get there. It's feasible. Somebody commented on Twitter when it came up this weekend. They go, Matt, because I said Southern Miss, it's laughable that Southern Miss and Alabama chase the same championship. They said, it's also laughable that Ole Miss and State chase the same one as Alabama. No, it's not. Those schools have some built-in excuses. They don't have the resources or the size fan base of an Alabama Florida. It's much harder at State or Ole Miss. But I don't want to hear it. The first playoff rankings that ever came out had State number one and Ole Miss number two. No excuses. The Southern Miss ain't sniffing it, the college football playoff, nor and, and not going to. They're in a whole level out here. And and Southern Miss and South Alabama and Louisiana Monroe and Louisiana Lafayette and, you know, the Mountain West and all those schools, Sunbelt, Conference USA, Florida Atlantic, all of them, Marshall, they all have a division. They are the group of five, and they ought to have their own national championship to chase. And doggone it, if you gave them that, more people would watch their TV games during that playoff chase. I got all the answers if they'll just listen. <laughs> just getting started with you. We got team number 35 on the countdown of 100 teams coming up next. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. All right. Where were we? Pouring a little more coffee out of my thermos into the... Oh, look at it. It's steaming hot still. Yes. All right. High Point Roasters in New Albany. That's where I get my coffee. High Point Roasters and highpointroasters.com. It's the best. Drink it every day. I just opened a bag of coffee from them. The title of it is Specialty Coffee for Pilots. (laughs) That's the... The name of it. Like you got New Albany Blend and Dr. Ellis Blend. This is special. That'll keep you buzzing around, won't it? <laughs> Bingo! The practitioner of puns over here. Uh, the it, What is it? Specialty coffee for pilots. It's outstanding. It's really good stuff. Y'all get your coffee there. Highpointroasters.com. Uh, Coming up later in the show, we're going to discuss this. Are people exercising and working out more outside, like walking, jogging, biking, all that kind of stuff? Because the coronavirus deal has frightened us all into motivation to get in better shape. And I'm, I'm going to get around to that. I got a story behind it. I'm going to tell you why I'm, why I'm doing that. So that's coming up. Also on Facebook, happy 29th anniversary to Greg and Tracy. Greg watching, listening. Hey, y'all. Happy anniversary from all of us here at the Matt Wyatt Show. And thanks for watching and tuning in on Facebook. Appreciate that. Jason on Facebook said, your argument supports that Power 5 and Group of 5 should just split. No question about it. Just draw a clear separating line. Power 5. Or divvy up the deal and just have a Power 4. Like a super four conferences with a 
what was it, 16 teams in every one or however they have to do it. I guess it would be more than that. But, you know, do that. And all these schools with resources, conference affiliations, we know who they are. This really makes the AAC angry when you bring this up. Okay, and, and I got tons of respect for the AAC. I got tons of respect for, you know, certain teams out there in the Mountain West and all these all these teams that you have total respect for, and you could schedule them and play them throughout the year. Okay, Power 5 versus Group of 5, or give them different names. I don't care what you call it, but draw a clear separating line where Boise can win the national championship it deserves where Southern Miss and their fans can really get into it. Television doesn't change. Television opportunities actually go up because you're playing for something meaningful. So question. With COVID being the way it is, and let's just say football does not happen, is is what's happening now and what will be happening, who knows what that will be. Is that going to be the watershed for all these changes in college yes. football that people have been wanting to see happen? Yes, I think it is. Because because of the, the money issue, that, that there will be some programs that there's no way they can compete, so they just fall by the wayside for a while. I and, don't know if it's even as good as a UAB analogy. Yeah. But, but I mean, is, is, is this what is going to create all these things that people have been buzzing about for, for years? Now? Yeah, I believe so. I believe it could. Hey, and look, JB, the only reason this stuff, it is so obvious the things that I'm saying and proposing here and we're talking about, it's so obvious to everybody who's invested in this stuff that it's the right thing to do. But you know why it never happens and why they won't do it and haven't done it to this point? Money. Nobody wants to upset the apple cart and turn it over. Right now, that cart comes rolling down the hill every year loaded with cash. And as long as it's still coming over that hill, down the hill loaded with cash, nobody wants to fool with anything. And the NCAA, this is how absurd things have become at the NCAA level. Is they will tell you, they will look you straight in the eye, the folks in Indianapolis, and tell you that the student-athlete experience is still at the top of the list. Student-athlete, welf the welfare of the student-athlete, the experience of the student-athlete is still at the top of their list of concerns and priorities. Bull. B-U-L-L, bull. If it was a priority, then long ago, the thousands of athletes at that non-Power 5 level, talking about football, would have been given the opportunity to go win a national championship that they deserve. The kids playing at Southern Miss are no different than the ones playing at Mississippi State and Ole Miss, except they are made to feel and believe they are second-class citizens because they were two stars and not four stars. And the fact they don't have a national championship to play for. They do not have one. And, and so far, because of that apple cart filled with cash, nobody has wanted to stick their neck out there and figure out where to give them one. When the whole stupid thing is easy. And, and... Like I said, they will find that instead of, at the end of the year, sending Southern Miss to some random bowl game, playing whoever, or telling me that 
the Conference USA title game is important. I'm going to watch Southern Miss and Conference and, and Western Kentucky play. Okay, great, wonderful. Whatever that TV rating is for that game or that bowl game would double if it's a part of a group of five full-fledged playoff towards a legit national championship. More people would be interested. The fans of the schools would be more interested and invested. The players and the coaches would, and television would. And the fact that nobody realizes that is, it, it blows my mind that well-intentioned, experienced people could be so stupid sometimes. All right, Brandon is on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Hanging on. What's up, Brandon? Hey, Matt. How are you, man? As far as I know, I'm all right. Thanks for calling. <laughs> I always love the show. Uh, first time caller or whatever. Uh, I just wanted to mention, you mentioned something a while ago, and then it kind of got off topic or whatever, but you know, mentioning people getting outside more often and yeah. trying to walk and all this. I, I think it's a twofold thing, maybe a health health conscious thing. But I know I've been going and uh, I've really gotten addicted to in the last three or four months. Um, I, I've been going to Chattanooga and uh, going looking at waterfalls and hiking. And it's just safe. It's a safe place to go. I mm. feel safer than going anywhere else. Um, and I think that has a part of it is why people are getting outside more because they feel a little bit more safer instead of rubbing shoulders with people. And I'll let you go. Yeah, appreciate the phone call. You know, the reason I brought that up, and I'm going to come back around to it. I got a thought or two because I put it out on Twitter also, Brandon. I just tweeted it out earlier today and said, hey, are people outside exercising a little more because of you know they're motivated by this whole coronavirus thing? I just thought I'd see what responses we got. I got some really interesting responses, and most of them along the same lines. And so I'm going to come back to that and give you what some of those responses are. But the reason I brought it up is I noticed it. You know, for months now, I've been outside every day, uh, not only doing stuff, but then getting out, hitting the roads and walking, jogging, and a little bike riding here and there. And I believe that this summer more than others, I have noticed more people of all different ages I've noticed people in my neighborhood out walking and sweating and exercising that I've never seen out before. Uh, and it just made me think, hmm, I wonder if people looked at that and went, you know what? They keep saying that people with pre-existing health things, I better get myself in shape. I just wondered. Doggone it. it. You all right? Yeah. You fall I'm, off your standing desk? Well, I'm, no, I'm looking at something here on... Twitter. You had to be that, worried there for a minute, man. Well, it I'm looking at something here on Twitter and it says uh JB that it's your birthday. <laughs> is it your birthday? It is, man. You it think is. you think Made we can, another trip around the sun. Another trip. Man, if if I had known right now on the button right here, I'd have that Madonna version of Happy Birthday that she sang to Bill Clinton that time. You remember that? Oh, Lord. have mercy. I'd, <laughs> I'd much prefer the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. Well, happy birthday, man. Thank you, my friend. So is that uh, why Fletch brought you a gift, or was that just coincidence? I think it was just kind of coincidental. Okay. But, hey, man, I'm happy to have a banana. But it makes me think of that movie, Beverly Hills Cop, and my buddy we always talk about. I ain't falling for no banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. Wasn't that the one? Okay, so 
Eddie Murphy, and it had the cool soundtrack with Axel F. That's correct. Remember that song? Mm-hmm. Hey, look, when I was a kid, I I kind of grew up in a Sandlot neighborhood. I was so lucky. Okay, we Me were too. we yeah. were super duper middle class. Like there were no big nice houses in my neighborhood. Okay, get that straight first of all. And that might have been part of the reason where as kids we never wanted to spend any time inside. <laughs> Yep. We, if I stayed inside, my mom found me something to do. Yeah, exactly. It was like Billy Gardell. He's one of my favorite comedians, and he's, you know, old school, middle class Pittsburgh guy. And yeah, he said his dad used to put them out in the summertime in the morning and then lock the doors. He said, we'd come back to the house banging on the door around lunchtime, and dad tell us to go away. I'm like, Dad, I'm thirsty. He said, Dad would yell out of the house, use the hose. Exactly. And that, <laughs> that taste hasn't changed That's right. in all my life. I drank out of the hose this weekend. Yeah. The hose. But <laughs> what I was going to say, we had a sandlot in the neighborhood, and one guy had a stereo, like with a tape player, and he had a tape. And on one side, it was the Miami Vice theme song. And on nice. the other side, it was Axel F. from Beverly Hills oh, yeah. Cop. Harold Faltemeyer. That's the gentleman that composed that. You know, what a weird name for that song. But he flipped that tape over back and forth. We just listened to it all the time playing basketball. Stick around. Hour two coming up.